You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with my co-host and friend, Mr. Ken Miller. Ken, how are you today? Awesome, Wendy. How are you? Uh, you know what? Living a dream. It's going to be a good day. Yes, and I'm really excited about today's podcast because, y'all, we have a very special guest joining us today. And so we have Josh. And Josh, I mean, Josh, when you come in, like you're going in as a NASM master and or master trainer, you have been with, um, you know, the fitness industry for 25 plus years. You own your own business. And so you... Mr. Elsesser are going to be joining us today talking about heart rate variability, which to me is a topic that seems to be on the rise. And so I am super excited to bring him on board today and have him as one of our special guests. Josh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And so you're located in California, is that correct? Yeah, I'm in Southern California, right in the south tip of Orange County. Oh, so I'm sure the weather is terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's 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 rough. When you say living the life, like <clears throat> I'm living the life. Yeah, daily. <laughs> daily, yeah. I have a lot of sarcasm with mine from time to time. It just depends on the humidity because I'm in Atlanta. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, now, Josh, Josh, and I go back, and you know, Wendy talking about Josh's background as one of it, his relationship with National Academy of Sports Medicine being as one of our master trainers got going through multiple specializations on top of our personal training course. Um, I actually had the pleasure of actually evaluating him for his assessment uh, for his um, master trainer summit as the process went. So that was when I first uh, met Josh down in Arizona. How many years ago? That was in, that was in San Francisco. Was in San Francisco. Oh yeah. 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 Diacotti. Diacotti, yeah, and, yeah. and that was that was some years ago. So I I have the honor and pleasure of knowing Josh for some years, and you know we've we've uh, we've done some projects together. And I'll say that uh, I am especially happy to have him on board today because of um, when we talked about heart rate variability and doing this topic, Wendy, as you mentioned, it's just one of those things where we've talked about it, but do we really know what it is? And I and and Josh, I don't know if you remember this conversation we have. We had some years ago. We were talking about heart rate, heart rate variability, and I, and I was, I was, I get, I think I was interchanging heart rate training and heart rate variability, and then, and then, Josh, Wendy, Josh says to me, "Ken, I, I don't think it means what you think it means." <laughs> For some, you know what? I totally see that, Josh. Totally see that. <laughs> I don't think it means. It. And then, of course, I had to look it up. I'm like. Oh, that's what it is. So the, the the terms, and I think you know, as we so as we start to talk about the subject matter here, the terms often get confused for each other, like heart rate training, heart rate recovery, heart rate variability. You put a word heart rate in front of anything, it all becomes just a, a, a gobbledygook of of different um, me- meanings to different people. So, Josh. When, you know, you as a personal trainer, you have clients, you have athletes that you work with and you, when you talk to them about heart rate variability, how do you explain that to them? So we use heart rate variability as a way to measure the effectiveness of their recovery. So 
essentially what heart rate variability is, 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 is literally how variable your resting heart rate is from beat to beat. And what that, that information gives us is the level of recovery that, that, that client is able to go through that, or, you know, um, and again, it's from all forms of stress. So most of the time when we're talking about clients, we're talking about exercise stress, right? So is the program that they're doing, providing the right adaptations? Are they, are they doing the things outside of the gym that's going to allow them to recover as best as they can in order to see those results that they want to see? But heart rate variability doesn't really care about where the stress comes from. It doesn't care if it's exercise stress or mental stress or emotional stress or, or environmental stress, right? It's all forms of stress. And so what it does, when you measure heart rate variability, it gives you a score. And typically that score is on a, a scale of one to a hundred, right? So the higher the variability, the, the more your body is in what we call a parasympathetic nervous system dominance, right? So again, to go into some, some science, your central nervous system has another part called the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is then broken down into the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. The best way to think of those is that the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight system, right? So when when you get stressed out, your heart, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your liver kicks a bunch of glucose into the bloodstream and it prepares you to either fight or, or, or run, right? So, you know, in, if we're in traffic and somebody cuts us off and we have to slam on the brakes, our sympathetic nervous system kicks in and we have that same stress response, right? The parasympathetic on the other side is what we call the, the rest and recovery um, one. So that helps relax the body, right? So it helps out with digestion and reproduction and all the things that is the exact opposite of, of the sympathetic nervous system. So the way that I use uh, heart rate variability is, is, again, is a way to measure the effectiveness of, of a program, but also look at their readiness for training on a day-to-day -day basis. Because if your body isn't recovering well, then it doesn't make sense to overstress an already overstressed system, right? So if, if somebody's heart rate variability is really low, that means that their sympathetic nervous system dominant, meaning that their fight or flight system is kicking in and their body is in a state of, of stress. They're not, they're not recovering from whatever those stresses are. So if we add additional stress to that, and again, exercise is a stress, usually it's, it, it has a positive adaptation or an outcome to it, but it's a stress nonetheless. And if we, if we overstress an already overstressed system, then it creates more problems than it does good. It, it increases injury, sickness uh, potential goes up. So risk of, you know, uh, respiratory uh, uh, issues, um, flus, colds, things like that. It just, it depresses your immune system and it, and it allows for a lot of, uh, <clears throat> of those things to kind of jump in and take place. Awesome. So, you know, just an easy way to explain that. So thanks. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because heart rate, heart rate's been measured as early as like the ancient Greeks were, were using heart rate as a way to, to look at the, the fitness of people. Right. But it wasn't until like the sixties and seventies where the ability to measure it digitally, where heart rate variability really started to become something that they could use. They, they actually used it as in part of the space program for a long time early on because heart rate was one of the few things that they could transmit back down from the, from the early, you know, orbiting, um, spaceships. So, and, and again, using the variability, they can monitor the, the stress response of, of the astronauts. And, 
and in reality, if you think about it, heart rate really is nothing more than your body's, you know, a, a reaction to stress, right? When stress goes up, your heart rate goes up. When, when stress is lower, your heart rate comes back down. So, you know, looking at heart rate variability as a way to monitor recovery has been really effective for a lot of my, especially higher end uh, athletes and, and clients that are really looking to, to push performance levels. So on today's um, Random Fit with Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, we have a very special guest. So we have Josh um, Elsesser joining us, and he's talking about heart rate variability. And so when we're talking about HRV um, for short, uh, Josh, there's so many different things that are out there to measure this now that we can buy, you know, on the market. So you, you know, see stuff about the Aura Ring and the Whoop and, and the Apple Watch and all, all just different type of devices. I know obviously an EKG would probably, and I would assume be the most accurate, but I mean, are these devices pretty legit? And then, because I mean, I know sometimes they're also variable. Like if, if you're wearing different ones, I don't see the same same numbers always being, um, you know, they're all coming out with the same thing, but, but how do you truly measure it? The best way to do it is with a chest strap, right? So like a polar or a garment or some form of, of chest strap that you would actually put on, on your skin or your chest. Cause that actually measures the EKG signal that it's sending. Um, when you talk about the Oura rings or the whoop or the, the Apple watch, what those are measuring is the, they, they use infrared light to measure the 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 red blood cells in the in the blood and and they're able to look at heart rate and figure some different things out that way as well um is it as accurate i mean no but here's my thing on accuracy it it doesn't matter if it's the most accurate way of measuring as long as you're using that same measurement every time you measure right like if you start to use different forms of measurement yeah you're going to be all over the place and you're not going to know what to watch like I equate the same thing to body composition, right? Like what's the best way to measure your body comp? Well, it would be to do like a DEXA scan, but most people don't have access to that. So whatever you do have access to, as long as you use that same measurement tool, then you're, you know, then you're going to be able to see progress changes, right? It's where you start mixing different ones where it becomes a problem. I, I would say the O-ring, the, the, the whoop, the Apple watch, they, they, they work great, right? They're, they're a very, uh, easy to use, non-invasive way to get some really good data about what's going on with your body in a, in a really quick way. And, and that's the other nice thing about heart rate variability is it doesn't require a blood draw. You don't have to go to a lab for it. You can do it in your home, right? Most devices that people are already wearing are, are measuring it and they don't even know it. They just see the number and have no idea what it means and they just move on with their day, right? Yep. So, so Josh, with, with that, you know, and talking about recovery, uh, the next question is you know, recovery from what? And when we start talking about the workouts and, you know, let's just say we have a uh, an avid exerciser probably works out three, four times a week. Um, you know, this is this is one of those things where we can start to look at again, if it's that person that's coming in um, off the street, they happen to have an Apple watch. They happen to have that information. It's like, I don't know what this means. How, how would you, what would be one of the recommendations that you would tell them to say, hey, you work out, you have this number, you know, how, how do you tell the lay person, the person that just says, hey, oh, I just realized I had this feature on my watch. What can I do with it? Well, honestly, I don't usually tell them to pay attention to it right uh -huh. off the bat, right? Like if I'm taking in a brand new client or somebody, I'm going to work with them for a period of time and I want them to establish some, some, some specific behaviors before we start worrying about 
the minor details, right? It's like, it's like taking somebody that's never really been on a nutrition plan before and giving them a very strict macro program, right? They, they, the, is it good information that they can use? Maybe, but in order for them to get the benefit of it, it's, they need to be able to have a, they establish a baseline or a, a set of skills. So I don't necessarily let, I wouldn't talk about it right off the bat with somebody. What I would do is have them start to monitor certain things that maybe heart rate variability could give us some, some insight to, but it, they don't really need the, that heart rate data to be able to identify, right? Like thinking about like a readiness score or something that, that they could self-assess. So, so at my gym, we, we use heart rate variability kind of sparingly. And again, I only use it for some of my athletes and some of my, my clients that are, are trying to do some, some high level performance stuff. Most of the time, what we do is just a very simple daily readiness score. And it's a series of five questions. We just have them rate themselves on a scale of one to five. And what this does is it starts to get them thinking about these particular things. So the, the questions we ask is rate your level of, or how much sleep you got or how restful your sleep was last night, how much water you drank, what's your energy level, what's your mood look like, and how sore are you, right? On a scale of one to five, the higher they score on that, the better, right? So five is good, one is bad. So the lower they score, then we start to tab, we start to initiate some conversation around, okay, what's, what could we, what could be happening when you're not here at the gym, right? What are you, what's going on in your life? Are you getting enough sleep, right? That's usually where I start with everybody. How good is your sleep? Are you getting seven hours of, of restful sleep? Are you going to bed at the same time? Are you waking up at the same time? Do you, do you feel like you need a cup of, a cup of coffee when you wake up in the morning to get going? Um, do you have midday fatigue? Do you feel like you're falling asleep right after you eat lunch? Those types of things. What's your energy level like? What's your mood like, right? Um, how sore are you, right? Soreness is, again, it's not a good measurement of the effectiveness of a workout, but it is a good measurement of how effectively somebody could be recovering from the training that they're doing. And typically what we then start to do is, is we have a pattern, right? We start to see trends in a readiness score. And after we get that for a, a period of time, then I would start to move somebody to using a heart rate variability, which could give us some really, really quick information about what could be going on with their body. And the way we use that is on a daily basis, we can actually modify the level of the training that they're doing based off of their body's ability to recover from, from that stress. Right. So let's say somebody is a, is a baseball player and they're, they're, you know, off season and we're training really hard, trying to put on some muscle, but they're, you know, they're doing summer school. Like I have a lot of youth athletes they are doing summer school. They're in, they're doing club sports. They're doing showcases. Like they're, they're traveling on the weekends. They're not, and they're not, they're not eating great. They're not getting as much sleep as they need to. So the HRV levels start to drop like crazy, right? So then we need to look at, okay, so if I take somebody who's not getting good sleep, who's not recovering well from the, from the training that we're doing, and then I continue to just pound them in the gym and just train them at really high intensity levels or high effort levels, then all I'm doing is, is potentially weakening their ability to recover even more, right? So what we do is we back off on the intensity, we'll lower the, the volume, uh, we'll take a lot longer rest periods. Uh, sometimes it's, hey, today, let's not train at all. Today, I want you to go for a walk or I want you to go swimming or I want you to, to read a book or do something to, that's, that's not even fitness related because I want you, your body needs to, to, to recover. It needs to, to bring down that sympathetic nervous system dominance and, and it needs to, to relax. Right. Okay. 
Thanks for that, man. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love the rating system, right? So uh, for those of you listening to us here on Random Fit, we have uh, special guest Josh Elsesser on uh, this show talking about heart rate variability with Wendy Batts and me, Ken Miller. So a lot of great useful information as far as gauging the, you know, some stresses that might be happening in your life. And what, so if that's a low to no tech way of figuring out the, the level of stress. And we've, we've done, we've done an episode or two on recovery. Um, and, and HRV is definitely one of those that can, that can be on that. Um, as far as giving you information on, on, okay, when is it time to lay off? So, um, when it, when it comes to the workout, so if you have, so you brought up baseball, right? I work with a few baseball players myself and Wendy's worked with baseball and basketball herself. So when it comes to, again, if you're a fitness professional and you're, if you're responsible for the guidance of someone's level of intensity and in their programming, I think this is, this is a great way to, you know, to look at, okay, how are we program design or, and, and how are, how rigid are we in, and like, if we do the monthly plan, let's just say, and I have somebody three days a week, you know, with, with heart rate variability information in there, it's, it's, if I have power on Monday, strength on Wednesday, and then recovery or my stability on Friday, you know, I've had to look at, you know, mixing and matching the, the days with how they feel. So there's been, there's been some times where somebody, you just look at them, you know, they're not ready to go for that power day. Right. Um, and, you know, and I've seen, you know, you know, again, for my clients that do have an Apple watch that does show it, if I've noticed their number, you know, 10 points, 10 plus points down, then it's, then it's definitely an argument to say, Hey, let's do some, let's do some core work. Let's do some mobility and we'll save the power for three days from now and, and see how you're doing. Well, and Josh, I have a question kind of to follow up. I mean, again, you know, heart rate variability, because people are still just trying to understand it. I mean, we're seeing these numbers, but, you know, to truly get an understanding of what those numbers mean, can you kind of tell us on an average, like, what's a good number? Like, is it is it higher is better, or lower is better? And what if it fluctuates where one day it's like really low and one day it's really high? Is that a concern or is that is that normal to see that type of quote, overall variability, if you will? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you should see variability throughout the week. So for a normal general physical preparedness, just a, a an average Joe, you know, um, somebody that, that works out for for fitness and health, um, that that lifts some weights and does some some cardio or maybe some hit training and and some low intensity steady state, you should see, you know, there should be one or two days where your variability is probably pretty low, and you should have one or two days where your variability is pretty high, but for the most part, it should be relatively right in the middle, right? So what we look for are like trends where you have really high variability for, for a number of days in a row or very, really low variability, right? Um, really high variability means that your, that your body is probably fighting off some kind of infection or, or something is happening. Like you could have a food sensitivity or a number of different things that could be going on systemically inside the body, really low variability is probably like overtraining almost, right? Like your body is saying, we're doing too much. We're not bring, you know, our variability is so, is so low that, it, you know, we're, we're not recovering from, from the training and everything else that we're doing. So, but 
typically over the course of a seven day period, you should have one or two low days, one or two high days, and then the rest of them should be right along the middle. And again, we're looking at trends, right? So everybody is different. So, so a good heart rate variability uh, equipment will, uh, they'll, they'll take a, an average of your variability for a period of time before they start giving you information about it. Right. So I know that, um, like the, the, the app that I used to use was called elite HRV and they, they took a, a seven day snapshot of your HRV before they even started giving you any kind of guidance or data about what your heart rate variability looks like or what to do with it. So it shouldn't be the same. You don't want it to be the same all the time. Right. Cause that means that you're not really doing anything. You're not challenging your body, at the, but you don't want it low all the time. You don't want it high. You want it kind of in the middle most days. So, so again, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I try to be a perfectionist. I'm far from it, but that's what, that's my goal in life is to, you know, to be perfect. And I know there's other people out there that are very type A people like myself. And so is there like a goal number? Like, no. how do I show that I'm healthy and I'm doing all the right things? Or there is isn't. It- Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those really frustrating answers that you give in, in the fitness realm. Like, no, there's not like, it depends, right. Is kind of like the the stock answer. It depends. Um, There's really not, everybody's specific. So once you, once you get your baseline and you understand where you're at, then changes from your baseline start to indicate what's going on in your body. And, and, what, what the, the best thing for, for somebody who's thinking about using HRV to think about it is, you know, most people, whether they, if they have a plan, if they have a program or they're working with a trainer, hopefully that trainer has done some form of periodization and they've, they've planned out, you know, different days with different intensity levels. So what, what you want to look at is, is where your high intensity days are and then what your HRV looks like the day after or two days after that, right? Like, am I not recovering very well? But in reality, your your HRV should go down right after a really intense training session, right? The next day, your HRV should be pretty low. Um, and then your body should recover and then it should, it should probably swing back to the other side and then it'll come back into that level of homeostasis, right? That kind of balance in the middle. And then you'll train again. And depending on what's, what you've got going on, whether it's, it's, it's intense or low intensity, you'll see it swing uh, the other direction. Again, the biggest thing you want to pay attention to is trends. So if you see a lot of trends of it being really low for days at a time, that's indication that their body is not recovering from some form of stress. If the, if it's really high for days at a time, it probably means that their body is fighting off some form of, uh, of infection, which is the other cool thing about HRV. When you really start getting into it, you can start to almost predict when somebody is going to get sick. Right. When you see their HRV at a certain number, I've had this happen lots of times with clients. I'm like, your body's fighting something. You're going to get sick within the next week. And sure enough, they're sick. The other interesting thing that heart rate variability can do is because it's a stress response. Right. You can actually use it as a way to identify food sensitivities. I've had clients uh, that would eat food and then we would take their HRV within an hour afterwards and you could see changes in what happened to their the stress response in their body. And if the stress response goes off the charts, then a lot of times that means that they have some form of sensitivity to that food. And when we start to remove that food, we can uh, we can start to see some, some better changes happen in, in their programming. If you guys are just joining us on Random Fit today, myself, Wendy Batts and Ken Miller have Josh Elsesser on, and we're talking about heart rate variability 
And everything to me so far is fascinating because again, I, I am learning more and more about this. I find the information um, very interesting, especially when we're you know trying to figure out you know how is someone recovering or maybe somebody's kind of fitting into the unhealthy numbers. But you know, Josh, when when somebody isn't um, you know a, a health and fitness professional or somebody's new to to this and they see their numbers and maybe they're not happy with them because they are pretty stagnant, they're pretty low. There's not a lot of changes where you're seeing fluctuations. What is a good way to improve heart rate variability for these individuals? I mean, besides obviously working out, there's going to be a change in heart rate with that. But are there other things that we could do on a daily basis um, outside of the gym? I feel like I'm, I'm having deja vu back to that conversation with, with uh, Ken because <laughs> changes in heart rate are not the same as changes in HRV. So it's two different things, right? Like I could get really excited right now and my heart rate goes up, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my heart rate variability changes. Um, I think the biggest thing for a lot of uh, people is mindfulness of what's happening with your body, right? We're so used to just doing the same thing and going through life almost on autopilot that when we start training or we start we start a new program or start doing some kind of fitness journey or a, a, a exercise, the key is, is becoming, you know, connecting with what's going on in your body. HRV is just one tool that provides some data that can tell you what's happening inside your body. But really it's about connecting with all of, uh, all of the things that, that are there, right? Like I said, like your energy level, your, your, your level of soreness, your mood is a big one, right? If you find that you're really irritable and that's unusual for you, that could mean, that something is not re is not going well or you're not recovering right, right? Um, your level of sleep, all of those things, hydration levels, just becoming connected with what's going on is really key. I, I, I'll tell you this, like the, the thing about HRV is it, it, that I tell people is it's like any other data that you can collect from a wearable or from something out there, right? Like the, the Apple watches also tell you your steps and they tell you how many minutes of activity and they tell you how many, how many flights of stairs and all these things are great. But if you don't know what to do with it, if you don't know what, how to, to, uh, you know, interpret the data and then how to change what you're doing based off of that data, then again, it's all just numbers. So I really like think people that really think about HRV as a way to, to help them connect with what, what is happening inside their body so that they can start to almost do this on their own without even the need of a, of a heart rate monitor or the aura ring or whatever to tell them what's happening, right? Like we need, we need clients and people need to really start to connect all the different pieces, not just how, how good they feel when they're working out or afterwards, but you know, what's going on when they eat, how are they feeling when they're, you know, what's going on when they're sleeping and, and, or getting ready to go to sleep and, and all of the different behaviors that, that go into it. Because at the end of the day, it's not just the workouts, right? The work we say as trainers all the time, like it's a one hour out of your day. It's like 8% of your day or something, right? So even if you're training seven days a week, there's 23 other hours in the day that you should be being mindful of what you're doing. And, and those other 23 hours are going to have just as much, if not more of an impact on results than, than the training. There we go. That's, that's our, that's our lead right there. <laughs> I would say, Hey, Josh, man, this, this is awesome. I mean, I consider myself a smarter man 
uh, from and me spending, or just in general from spending this time with you. <laughs> oh, I got you. <laughs> you gotta let me finish my sentence here, man. Uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to the topic of HRV, because again, it's you know, it's it's just something that we're seeing a lot of. But you know, you know, so one question is why is it out there? Um, because it is it is pretty pretty great information, but you know, in the end, if you don't know what to do with it, what what does it matter? So we really appreciate you being here on on Random Fit and talking about HRV with us, Josh. I appreciate yeah. it too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah and, and one final one final thing, Josh. I mean, you know, for somebody that is new to this and they want to learn more, I mean, is there you know, certain information they should look into? Is there different devices? I mean, what, what would be your key takeaway for our listeners? So there's some really good stuff by a guy named Joel Jameson. Um, he's kind of the guy that I think has brought HRV more to the mainstream, at least in the, in the, the sports world um, and conditioning. Uh, he's got a couple of books, heart rate, uh, bio first HRV is a really good one. He also has his own measurement device. I think it's called Morbius or Morpheus that, uh, and it comes with a subscription that you can monitor your HRV and it, it, they will provide additional guidance on what's going on with that. Um, that would be probably the place that I would send. Most people would be there. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, no, he's, he's got a lot of good content out there for, you know, plug for Joel Jameson, but, uh, <laughs> but great. I mean, he, he has contributed to some NASM um, materials too. More to come on that. But hey, Josh, appreciate you being here, man. Always great seeing you, talking to you. Um, I know I don't get down to SoCal as often as I'd like, but uh, next time I'm down there, I'm going to, I'm going to knock on your door, man. You should. Yeah, I will. All right. Yeah, so if I hey, California, I'll knock on both yeah, of you. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy will try <laughs> knock on all our doors. But hey, so thank you everybody for listening to us here on Random Fit and on this week's topic of heart rate variability and having Mr. Josh Elsesser, master trainer with National Academy of Sports Medicine. So if you like what you listened to today, uh, please like, follow, subscribe, comment, and download. But always, 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 if there's anything you want us to talk about, please just let us know. Reach out. All right. So until next time, take care and be well. <laughs>